to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. So last time that we talked, we talked about talk is, is talk cheap? And we talked about that, and evidently I got some pushback from, not pushback, but just conviction from some, um, that, that talk is cheap. It is not cheap, right? It's not cheap. There, there's a consequence to the things that we say. And that's what James was trying to, to, to relate to the church at that time, is that you, know, you need to be aware of this powerful thing that we have within our mouth, which is the tongue. Yes, it's 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 caged in by a, a, two sets of a rows of teeth here, and you've got a mouth in front of it, lips and all, trying to keep that thing under control. But we are unable to do that. You know, the the, the things that we can, that can come out of our mouth can be damaging to somebody. It's the the tongue has started wars. The tongue is is sets um, slaves free. The tongue has ruined marriages. Has ruined relationships with kids. Um, it's also announced you know births of babies. Uh, you're married, you know, the pastor gets to say. The, so the, the tongue has both things there, that, that there, there are things that are great things that it can say, but then there are times where damaging things come out of your mouth. He started off with a warning to the teachers, and I don't want to go into that too much today because it was a little convicting last time I spoke. So just a warning to teachers is just, again, it's to be careful because as we are standing up here, there are things that come out of our mouth that I am now in a position of authority, and like Moses, I don't want to misrepresent the Lord. I don't want to come out and say something and, and, and make you guys feel some way that the Lord is angry at you or mad at you or feel like you have done something that maybe you have or hadn't, but the Lord hasn't instructed me to say. Well, then I don't want to be scolded by the Lord in that. And so the same, the same thing is now I am in a position of authority. You are looking at me as the one that the Holy Spirit is speaking through at this moment. And are those really the words that God has spoken? And I told you that the night before, I get really nervous when I'm trying to study and I'm trying to type out my messages. Is it? I get I get just to get a blank because I I'm just I'm not nervous of speaking in front of you. I'm very comfortable at this point, but I just get nervous of I don't want to misrepresent the Lord. I, I don't want to have something that comes out of my mouth that you go back and even five years, ten years later, you don't even remember who said it, and you're like, well, I heard one time this pastor said this, and it's completely wrong. That would just that would just shake me. I just I wouldn't want that to come out. The power of the tongue. We, he compared it to the, the the bit on a horse. Remember, the horse is so strong, but a bit can turn that horse wherever it wants. There's a rudder on a ship. The rudder can move the ship anywhere he wants. The for a spark in a forest can create such such a fire. And so as he continues to move out of that, now he moves into you know as far as wisdom today is what we're going to talk about. And he starts in verse thirteen. He says, "Who is wise and understanding among you?" Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For wherever envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, and good fruits, without partiality 
and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And James starts off here with a question. He says, who is, who is wise and understanding among you? And, and, and at this point, we don't know if he's, if he's talking to a specific sect within the church at this point, or if it's just the church in general. But, but the, the question today is, well, all of us today would be like, yeah, well, I, I'm kind of wise. You know, I mean, I don't want to be dumb. You know, I mean, it's, it's, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wise. He's like, are, are you sure? Are you sure that the things that you're talking about right now is, is, is that you're a wise person? Well, then he calls him out and he says, well, look, let him show by good conduct. Show it. Show by the, the goodness of your life and show by the conduct and the way that you live that there is wisdom, that you're wise. Because I, I want to see the proof in the pudding. I want to be able to sit there and look at you. I want to have an, an, an evidence or a proof. That's what the, the word show there means. By the good conduct, your behavior. Ephesians 4.24 says, taking off the old man, putting on the new man, which was created according to God. And I talked about that last time. Don has just recently talked about it. That you know, There was an old man that we once had, or old woman if you want to get into that. But old man is, as far as how we used to live our lives. And we used to, to live in, de, in, in debauchery. And, and you were like, well, maybe I wasn't that bad. But there were, you were still a sinner. There were things that you did that were wrong. And as you have been clothed now in righteousness through Jesus Christ, you have been, you are a new man. There's something new about you. And now that you look back to the things that you used to do, hopefully you look back at those things and go, well, I can't do that anymore. Why? Because I'm a new man. The new man can't do those things. You know, and I look at those things and I'm, I'm either, you know, I'm either upset that I did them or I'm embarrassed that I did them. Just something about me says I can't go back to the way that I used to be. Well, that means that there's something that's different about you now. Well, maybe you're looking at it and go, well, no, I still kind of do those things. Well, well really? Well, how, how could you go back and, and go, and once you understand the trueness of what Jesus Christ has done within you and what he did for you, how could you go back? How could you go back and hang with your guys at the bar and get drunk and stay up all night and, and carouse and do all those kinds of things? Is that the light that's within inside of you that shows out? James is saying, I, I want to see that good conduct. I want us to look at you, and he's talking to the Jewish Christians at the time, remember, and he's looking at them saying, Oy vey, I want you to know that there's a difference. You should be different now. What are you doing? I want to see that conduct that has changed. I want to see the works. And the works is, is, is applied to the conduct of men. It's measured by the standard of religion and righteousness, either bad or good. And so it's the works, is, it's, it's applied to the, what's the conduct of what you have. What are you doing, Christian? I mean, is there, again, is there something that somebody could look at you and go, yeah, that, that person's different. Back, James, back in chapter 1 and verse 27, he talked about pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So many times we forget the last part of that. We always think, you know, about the undefiled religion is to visit the orphans and the widows. We always forget the second part of that. Is to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Well, you're like, well, I live in the world. Yeah, but remember, again, he said to be in the world, but not of the world. There's a difference there. The dichotomy is there is, yes, we're here. We're here until the Lord takes us home, either by the, the, the passing of a death or he calls us out of here and we're gone. One of the two ways. Okay, that's going to happen to all of us 100% within this room. 
And he says, well, while you live here, I want to see you walking in a manner that is that is different from everybody else. As a church, I want you to take care of those orphans, and I want you to take care of those widows. And we talked about that you know, several months ago at this point, about how it was a very poor time for Christians. I mean, they, again, these Jews that had converted to Christianity, it was already rough that they were, that they had been, a different government was in charge of their area, so they were already looked down upon because they were Jews. But now not even the Jews looked upon them because now they had separated themselves even more. So now he looks at them and says, guys, you got, you got to take care of your, your people. You got to take care of orphans and you got to take care of the widows and, and listen, I'm telling you right now, you, you need to keep yourself unspotted. You got to be different from everybody else, and when you do these things, I, I want you to do, do it in humility. This needs to be done in meekness. You don't puff yourself up and go, "Yeah, that is pretty awesome today, man." I, man, I did these things, and I just I did it for me. And well, no, you can't do that. It needs to be done in humility. People just need to be able to look at you and go, "Man, that guy is something special about that person." Something is special about him who is wise and understanding among you. Let him show by good conduct that the works are done in the meekness of wisdom. He doesn't have humility of the wisdom. He doesn't puff up because he understands where does wisdom ultimately come from? Does it come from the books? Does it come from the professor that you went and saw? It comes from heaven. It comes from God. He says you're not walking the walk and you're not drawing attention to yourself. You're trying to give the glory back to God in the things that you're doing. So now there's a transition here. Again, remember, we talked about these different words that you'll see within Scripture, and there's there's the word but here is a transition. But, verse 14 says, If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking <clears throat> exist, confusion in every evil thing are but if you okay listen if you the transition here bitter envy and which is harsh and envious and, and jealousy if you've got that within you but if you have bitter envy okay if you've got this if you could real quick turn over to first corinthians 3 i'm sorry i meant to have you turn there earlier first corinthians chapter 3 it's to the left just a little bit First Corinthians 3, we're just going to read a, just a couple of verses here, starting in verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but to as carnal as, as to the babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So Paul's talking to them and saying, look, I couldn't even feed you like meat. You know, again, we've talked about this in the past too. If you come in here and we're just always, and everybody makes fun of the, the pastor out in Texas. He's got a big one. And, and, and he just very vanilla as far as his conversation. Well, everybody likes vanilla, right? Everybody likes that because it, it tastes good. It's easy to go down. But it's when you have to, to sit there and, 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 and have something that's a little stronger, a little meatier, and you're like, Kevin, I, I want to grow a little bit at this point. I, I understand all the, the milk and it's just the information, just the, the baby kind of stuff. But, you know, as we look at Camden, Camden is, is not just drinking milk anymore. Why? Because Camden's all over the place. I mean, Camden couldn't drink milk and, and run all over the place. The dude's got to have a lot of food in him now. Why? Because Camden is growing. And the same thing for us as we continue to walk through life. I can't, I can't drink milk all the time. 
I just, my body requires certain things now. And as you as a Christian have to look at to yourself and say, look, I, I need meat now. I need something more. I don't, I, yes, I need the gospel, but man, I, I want to know who are these people? What is James talking about? What, who, what is talking about the church and what is this wisdom thing? He said, but you, if you have this bitter envy and this jealousy, I, I, I can't, I can't talk to you. I can't give it to you. I can't give that information. Why? Because there's a wall there. And it's your flesh. And your flesh is stopping anything from coming past that. Your flesh has stopped it. And I've got, I've got bitterness and envy within me. Well, then wh- what are you doing? Again, we're, the new man has been put on. And at some point, you've got to get rid of that stuff. Why? Because you're just trudging through life. And I've got chains on me. And I've got binds. And I can't move in life. Why? Because you're just being held down. And so he looks at it and says, so bitter, if you have bitter envy, if you have this, 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 this anger and this frustration that is, this jealousy, and if you have self-seeking, there's this selfish ambition, this, you're caught up with what others have, either the possession or the position that they have, and you can't get it. So you look at somebody and you say, well, you know, they're driving a Corvette and they've got this nice house and they've got this position at this business or they've got, or they're a pastor at a bigger church and man, I really, I really wanted that, you know, and, and so now I'm just self-seeking. I'm just thinking about myself all the time. And, and, and I'm just, I'm continuously just going through life and that's, that's my desires. I just want to be at a bigger church. You know, I'm kind of using Don now to get to this and then, you know, I'll go kind of do a couple other things and then I'm going to sprout out and I'm going to hit a bigger church. Well, is it, what kind of wisdom is that? That's just self-seeking. I'm not seeking the Lord and I've got jealousy within my heart and I've got, I've got my own desires in my heart and, but I can't get past looking at what other people have done. And Jesus said, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, don't boast and, and say it's against the truth. Don't, don't brag about it. And then don't brag about it and lie and say, well, you know, I'm just doing the Lord's work. Well, are you? I don't think you're doing the Lord's work. You're, you're lying to the truth. You're lying because you're just being self-seeking. Well, you know, I'm trying to get that extra bigger job. Why? Because then I can kind of tithe and I can shoot some money to God and I can, I can give some money back to Him. Well, really, is that your, is that truly what your heart is? Or is your heart right now just saying, no, Kevin, really, I just want a bigger house, man. I want, I want a big pool in the back and, you know, I want to have this and I want to have that. And James says, man, don't, don't, don't boast. And don't lie and say that it's it's from the Lord. I'm telling you right now, you, you, the reason is, is you've got selfish ambition and you're just trying to puff yourself up. You've got this jealousy that's inside of you and, 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 and that's not of the Lord. And this is a selfish desire. 1 John 1, 6 says that if, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So if you say that you have fellowship with Him Okay, but yet we're still walking within the darkness of the world. Well, are we telling the truth? No, we're we're lying. We don't practice the truth. Why? Because I've got I've got that one foot within the world, and I'm just kind of toe dipping over here with you guys. I'm just toe dipping. I'm showing up, and hey, man, how you doing? But really, I am I am entrenched within the world. But man, you know what? Praise God today, man. It's so great to see you guys, man. Yeah, the Lord is doing something wonderful. Lord is doing something great within my life. Really? Really? Uh, James is like, no, don't, church, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't sit there and do that. And he says, why? Because he moves into verse 15 and he is about as, as clear as he can be and says, this wisdom does not descend from above. 
This wisdom that you're trying to proclaim and this wisdom that you're trying to live your life by, this, this doesn't come from above. I'm just telling you straight out. The first one that he's going to talk about is two different wisdoms. Is One is the worldly wisdom, which we're going to talk about right now. The wisdom that does not come from above, but, and here is that again, is, is earthly and sensual and it's demonic. This worldly wisdom is earthly and this is the wisdom of man. This is, it's, it's liable to error and it's, and it's misleading. You know, this is like your, your Dr. Phil and your, your Ofra and, and this is your people that you talk to and, and, and you hear them on the, on the stage and on their TV shows and they've just got all the answers to everybody else's problems, right? You know, they just kind of, what's your problem? Bam, you need to do this. What's your problem? Bam, you need to do this, you know, and, and Oprah's got her Oprah Sundays. I was joking with Bert before about that too and she's got her spiritual books that she comes out with. Why? Cause she knows it all. Why? Cause she's a billionaire. Hello? I mean, she started with nothing, and now you look at her, she's a billionaire. She's, she's gotta know the answers, right? I mean, she's, she's got it. Dr. Phil, you know where he got his start? On Oprah, exactly. I mean, it, she's got a disciple. I mean, how, hell, I mean, it's just so smart, is it not? I mean, you see all their successes, right? I mean, you know, she's gained and lost weight at least 50 times, right? I mean, she's just got an Oprah diet, and then she's got the Oprah put on weight diet, and then she's got the Oprah diet. I mean, she's, She's got the understanding, does she not? Why? Because it's, it's earthly knowledge. It's the wisdom of man and it's liable to err and it's misleading. And do I think that Oprah's purposely going out there to try to mislead people? No. At least I hope not. I, I don't know her personally. She hasn't called me back, but, um, I think that her desire is within her own mindset, this is what she knows is the best. And that's the worldly understanding that we then as well as Christians and as human beings sometimes do the same thing. We try to use our own understanding and our own knowledge to kind of figure things out. Well, guess what? It's liable to be wrong. Why? Because I only have this understanding and this perspective when when I, I look at a God who created everything, who even right now controls the air that I breathe, that is a God that I want to... I mean, it even says it over in James 1. He says, you know, again, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without a reproach. He gives it, he doesn't give him just a little bit. He'll give you, take it, man. I want to give it to you. I don't care if you're rich, poor, or in between. I mean, without, just, just go. He's got to ask me. We have earthly knowledge. We have sensual knowledge as well. It's a, <clears throat> it's a wisdom in harmony with the corrupt desires and affections and springing from them. Jude 18, 19, it's, it's, it's Paul talking here. It's, it's, he's re- referencing back to speaking of the, of what the disciples had told them. He says, how they told you that there are, that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. And so it's, it's a, it's a group of people and, 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 and I've looked far and within society to right now to see that it's, it's perpetuated everywhere, is it not? I mean, we're just, we're, we're, we live by our desires. We live whether it's sensual or, or whatever desires that you had. That's, man, that is what we are led by. You know, whether it's a, I've got a food desire and I'm just, I'm led by that food desire to whatever it is. If you've got a, a sensual desire, well then, then that's all that you are focused on, whether it's somebody walking by or a commercial that you're watching or a TV show that you're watching or a magazine that you're, and you're just controlled by that. And in whatever that it is, it's, it's just, that's the lust that's within your heart and that's the sensual, that is what you are controlled by. 
And he says, well, that is wrong. We're not controlled by our lusts. We're not controlled by, by just the desires that we have, that that's just going to control every thought process, everything that I do within my life, and the decisions that I make according to them. I, I can't do that. Why? Because, again, it's, if you haven't noticed, there's something about me within that. It's just me, 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 me. The next one is, is demonic. And demonic is, is resembling or proceeding from an evil spirit. I think we kind of got that one, but just in case you needed the definition. So it's, it's the enemy. And it's the enemy that comes upon you. And again, I don't, I don't believe Satan's around every corner, you know, get behind me, Satan, all that kind of stuff. Satan is, is a one person being. Okay? He's just one being. And he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He's not God. And so many times we, we misrepresent that. We just think that Satan's everywhere. No, he's not. He's at one spot right now. I don't know where that's it. I'm sure he's not with Kevin, okay? Because I'm not that important to him, all right? But I promise you this. There are demons within our realm and our area of, of influence. And I think that his, his little demons and his little spirits are out there and they report back to him and this is what Kevin's doing or I've got him on this one today or we're going to do this to the church today or I've got Steve going over here today. And, the, and those, those are the things that, that he sends out. Why? Have you ever read the book The Screw Tape Letters? Um, by by C.S. Lewis, you should if you haven't. But anyways, grab it, and so um, you can download it or whatever it is nowadays. But anyway, so so Screw Tape Letters is talking about that. That there's there's he comes back and he gives a report of the things that are going on, and then he goes back out, and that's that's the that's the influence of the enemy within our lives today. And so if you haven't noticed, there's there's the three things here, and these are the thing, three things that we struggle with, and you'll see this is biblically is everywhere. It's even in First John. It says you have the struggle is with the world. We have a struggle with the flesh, and we have a struggle with the enemy. So there's the world that we struggle with, okay? There's there's our own personal flesh, man, and I am probably, I am 98%, that's my problem in life, okay, is my flesh. And then there's the enemy over here. And those are the three influences that we see within our life. And he says, look, the wisdom that does not, that wisdom does not descend from above, but is these three things. It's the world, it's your flesh, and it's the enemy. And that's where that wisdom is coming from. It says, for where there is envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. So he moves on and he says, the envy. <laughs> and envy is an envious and contentious rivalry. It's jealousy. Did you know envy destroys mutual confidence, it demolishes unity, and is a devilish in design. So if you have a, if you, if you have unity within this church, and like I talked about before, is, and I'll use myself as an example. So if I'm sitting here and I'm just envy of Pastor Don all the time. And I just start putting out bad words about him. And I start tearing him down. Well, guess what I've done now? Now, my envy has now influenced the church. And you'll see this in lots of churches. Now, the envy, and now we have disunity within the church. Why? Because my own personal envy, my own personal desire and lust has now caused a rift within the church where other people will look at Don and not think of him the same way. When I was it your fault? Well, it might have been some of your fault, but it was my envy that started it all. So, so he's looking at this. James looks at it and says, "Look, this this envy is just selfishness." He goes, "That's that's what the cause." He goes, "Where you have these, you're for where there is envy and there is self-seeking. Where I'm just going out and I create strife and I create problems. Well, when you have that, I'm telling you right now, exists confusion and every evil thing there are. There's going to be confusion. Why? Because why is there confusion? Well, confusion it's a state of disorder and disturbance." For 1 Corinthians 4, 30, 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. 
So again, as my envy approaches this, and I get in there, and I just create all kinds of strife, and we now we have confusion. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know who am I supposed to follow? Am I supposed to? Well, Kevin's speaking something that's kind of true, and but man, Don is he's never done anything wrong. Well, what, why, what is going on here? Why, why are we doing this? And you see churches that break up and split. Why? Because of somebody else is envious, somebody else's own personal desires. I want my own church. I don't. I want his church because I don't want to have to start from fresh. You know. I mean, I could just leave and go start my own church if I really wanted that. But I don't want to do that. I want to come in here and already know that I got fifty people showing up, and you know, and a couple more here. I mean, I I, I don't want to have to start from fresh. I just want to take yours. So now my own personal envy, my own personal desires, and is this caused division and has caused strife? And you go, well, Kevin, that's your problem. Well, it's yours too. How about work? Do you ever look at your boss and go, that guy is stupid. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. He's got this going on. And well, don't talk about your boss right now. The, the, I didn't mean to bring that up. I'm sorry. Um, so do you ever look at that and go, man, my boss just doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, or maybe you're in the car and you're a mom and you got your kids in there and you're looking and you go, man, your dad is just, he didn't know what he's talking about. Or maybe it's the opposite and you're the husband and you go, your mom's just crazy. She just, she's just causing problems and she does this and that. I mean, do you understand? It's not just the church. Look at your own personal life. When are you tearing somebody else down because of your own envy and your own desires and your own strife and your own wants, your own flesh? They all come within that and now all of a sudden what do we have? <clears throat> Well, that's worldly wisdom. Because, see, we can't build ourselves up without tearing somebody else down. And that's what the world continues to teach and you continue to see is I have to, the only way that I can climb that ladder is to pull a couple people off of it so that I can keep moving up. Well, that's, that's just not of the Lord. And so, so you sit there and you look back at everyone else and, and it becomes jealous and you're led by your own desires, which, which end up guiding your thoughts and your process. And that just, just directs your decisions. So as you, you rely within your own, the worldly desires, your fleshly desires, the demonic influences within your life, and you start leading by those examples and you just allow that stuff to rise up within inside of you, well, guess what? Now that's the wisdom of the world. Verse 17 says, but, and James is again, he's going to transition this into something different. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. And we're going to stop here first because... It's first pure. And first, you notice he doesn't say, hey, look, it's it's kind of whatever you want. You can put these in whatever kind of order that you want. You know, you can have, you know, you can have peaceable and willing and full of mercy and pure. No, 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 no. James is, is specific here in what he directs. He says, first, godly wisdom is pure. Okay, that's that's the starting point of any kind of wisdom that you're going to have from the Lord. And why is it is it first? Because well, first is not second, right? Because if you're not first, you're last. And so it's it's not it's before any of the characteristics. It's before any of the adjectives. Pure is clean from all that is earthly, from all that is sensual, from all that is demonic. Pure is is holy. Philippians four eight says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. Same word. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, worthy, meditate on these things. Okay, so if you look at it from that perspective, and so now we get ready to walk into life, and here's your day, and you're getting ready to go to work, and here's your boss coming up, and you've already said, this guy's an idiot, and you're like, you know what, wait, you know what I'm going to do? First, 
thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to have pure thoughts. I'm going to go before the Lord and I'm going to lay my boss before him. And Lord, I'm going to pray for my boss that you give him wisdom and that you give him discernment and you give him a changed heart and you allow me to be the one that influences this man or woman so that they can have a kingdom understanding of who, of what you desire from this business. And then you allow me to be submissive and understanding to what they're trying to accomplish and that I might be Christ within this business. Why? Because I'm a missionary at this business. See how it's different? And so as this person walks in, you're in your mind, you're thinking, okay, Kevin, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things, whatever things that I can pull out of this, okay? Whatever things, whatever things are pure, these are the things that I'm going to meditate on today while I'm at work, while I'm at school, while I'm in my own home, while I'm driving to work. Wherever things that I'm at, I'm, first thing that I'm going to have is I'm going to have a pure mind. And I'm going to have a holy and consecrated mind so that so that I can sit there and go, before the Lord, I'm going to be saying that, you know what, it's no longer me driven that I'm the Lord is driving me. That whatever I do is, first thing that I'm going to start off with, the first thing to get any kind of wisdom from the Lord is I have to be like-minded with Him. And it's a hard thing, is it not? Is it not a hard thing to be able to, to understand that, oh, Kevin, you don't understand my circumstance. I, I agree with you. I, I don't understand all of the different circumstances within here. That's why it's not first you're going to be Kevin-driven. Okay, because because that would be bad, all right? It's not going to work. But no, you're going to be Lord-driven. Why? Because the Lord is the one who made you. The Lord is the one who understands you. And the Lord is the one who loves you unbelievably. Whether knowing your faults and all of your good qualities, the Lord still loves you. And so as he looks at you and goes, Steve, I, I've got a great plan for us today, man. I want This is what I want to get done today. I, I want you to, to help your boss in that area. Or you know what? You're, you're going to be quiet today when your boss says something to you and, you and you don't agree with it. You're not going to say something back. These are the things that we're going to work on together. So the first thing you're going to do is, is you're going to be holy before God, right? You're going to come before him. You're just going to clean all yourself up. And I, you know, the first thing that I'm going to do right now is I'm going to be pure. So the first thing that we're going to be is pure. Then we're going to be peaceable. Peaceable is to be at peace with others. So the first three things that we're going to talk about of these characteristics are now going to be about your attitude. So the attitude that I have first is I have to be peaceable, right? Again, as I talked about in the last couple chapters, it's, it's kind of hard to be a Christian and just be an angry person all the time, right? I mean, it just doesn't kind of go. Like you don't see the characteristic of Jesus of get over here and get this stuff together. You just don't see it. Why is there no fish? Where's the fish? You know, you don't see Jesus doing that. I didn't say three loaves. I wanted ten, you know. He just, you don't see that at all. He says, bring them forth. I, let me just pray over these. And then he allowed just things to go from there. You know, the, the, the Pharisees even came to him, and Jesus still stayed in control. It was only when he went in the temple, okay, his father's house, that he was like, uh, no, this isn't going to work, okay? And that's when he started ripping things up and, and tossing tables and stuff like that. But when he was having a debate, when he was having issues, and Jesus stayed with himself. He was peaceable. He was able to have peace with others. There's You have to be gentle, okay? Gentle is the next one. It means to be fair. It means to be mild. It means to be patient, okay? Uh, it's making allowances for others. Did you know everybody is not perfect? I don't know if you know that or not, all right? This is something I've picked up in the last 49 years, is that everybody is not perfect. And you have to just make allowances for when people make mistakes, okay? And not just so that they'll do it for you when you make a mistake, okay? Because you're not perfect either, okay? So it's not just that. It's it's not to be harsh with your neighbor when they make faults, okay? We've got some neighbors that just, 
have got issues, okay? And you're just like, dude, what does it matter? You know, I mean, just just calm down. But but no, it's 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 an issue to them, you know. And so we all take we have to take in all this information, okay? Take it all in before you act out. Did we not learn something the last two weeks about? Saying something before you shouldn't, before you find out all the information of whether, just because he's an actor doesn't mean that he is telling the truth, okay? The guy who, who faked getting beat up, and all these people jumped on the bandwagon, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, what? Who, who is he? I don't know who he is, you know? I mean, I don't know that guy, you know? I don't even know what you're talking about, you know? Why? Because they found out that he faked it. He hired some people to beat him up to, so he could go on the news and say I was beat up. But all these people jumped on the bandwagon. Why? Because you wanted to be the first person. No, find out, get the information, and then be able to make the decision from there. You have to be willing to yield. You have to be submissive. Compliant, it's easily to obey, okay? So do you receive encouraging words of correction well? Okay, so when you do something and somebody comes along, just to give you a little encouragement, you know, hey, you didn't do that perfect. Let me show you kind of how to do that, you know? And you're like, I didn't need to hear that, you know? Well, sometimes, sometimes a little hard to hear. Okay, maybe you have that personality, um, and, and and so sometimes you just gotta realize that you know wisdom doesn't mean that that you know everything. Okay, do you guys know that we don't know everything? And so sometimes it's nice. As I get older, I start realizing the Lord keeps putting me in different positions where I realize I really don't know hardly anything anymore. Okay, I thought I did. You know, you're teenagers and you're 20s and you're like, I know everything. Stop telling me what to do, you know? And then you get in your 40s and you're like, I'm stupid. You know, what happened? And now I've got kids and I'm raising stupid kids. You know, you're like, what is going on here? You know, don't listen to me, you know? And, um, so you're willing to sit there and go, you know what? I, and you realize that I don't know everything. I, it's okay if somebody comes along and says, you know what, Kevin, these are the areas that I see and, 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 and as long as I, I have to trust them also, okay? I mean, make sure they're not stupid like me. But you gotta realize that, hey, look, you know, sometimes somebody needs to come along and give you words of encouragement and words of, of understanding that you realize, you know what, man, you're right. I, I don't know how to do that. You have a business and to understand all the accounting and all the, the, how to get people in and how to do, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot going on. And sometimes in your pride, you don't want to ask for help. But that's just pride. And then going back to then, the, as far as the worldly and, and the sensual and, and the demonic, I, I don't want that kind of wisdom. I want wisdom. And I need to be understand that I need to be humble. I need to be willing to be taught. I need to be teachable with and where I'm at. So that's my attitude. Then there has to be action. Well, there's there's full of mercy and good fruits. Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Okay, so mercy is an interesting thing here. You know, we don't get mercy because we deserve it. You know, understand that? That kind of it negates itself there. If we got mercy because we deserve it, no, that's called justice. If you get something that you deserve, it's because it's justice. Mercy is something that you get because you don't deserve it. Okay, again, it's it's Jesus coming down on the cross from down here to live to die on the cross. Why? Because for our sins to be forgiven. Well, man, that's He's had mercy on us. God had mercy upon us. I didn't deserve it. There's nothing that we did to understand that or to deserve it. So that's the mercy that came upon us. You know, if we do something and then we, we've earned something, I've worked for a week, I've earned something, well, I've earned that. There's something that I get back for that. I did nothing in that. So as, as you get older, a wise man would understand that, you know what, I get mercy because I don't deserve it. Well, then guess what? I should probably give out mercy because people don't deserve it. Well, I got it. I, I just want to be able to give it back to other people too. 
And and so they've wronged me. You know what? Wisdom says that I'm going to wrong somebody at some point too. I just need to give out some wisdom. And I need to give out just mercy and just, hey, you know what, man? It's all right. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. I feel terrible about that. No, 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 don't. It's it's fine. Really, it's all good. And you just kind of move on with life. And you're able to give mercy out. And now that person receives it and they're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, I was just, he just gave me mercy. He just gave me understanding and blessed me for what? Now he gets to pay it back to somebody else. Mercy and good fruits. Good fruits is just the action of your faith. Within your life is just the action of, of just, of again, living your life. You know, the fruits of the Spirit, you know, we, and I'm not going to say we're running, I don't want to do communion, so I don't want to get too deep into that, but the fruits of the Spirit, you guys know the fruits of the Spirit. So the fruits of the Spirit is just acting those things out, of giving out good fruits. Again, we talked last week if, you know, can, can a, can a, a, an orange tree, since we know orange trees, is, can, can grapes just grow in an orange tree? No, it can't. Okay, so if we're, if we're to give out the fruits of the Spirit, we need to be living by the Spirit, do we not? And so as I live by the Spirit, as I have that wisdom coming in from God, it's pure, and I've got my attitude correct, well, now the fruits that I'm giving out to other people, man, those are just coming from God. They're not coming from Kevin. I mean, they're coming from Kevin, but, man, we all know that, gosh, God's giving it to me right now. I'm just going to give it right back out to you. Why? Because, man, that's that's what I am. I'm just a conduit for God, and I'm willing to give these things back out. Why? Because that's just what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, the last thing, there's judgment here. <clears throat> judgment is is without partiality and without hypocrisy. Okay, so without partiality and without hypocrisy, it says do do not take sides. When when something comes down and, and wisdom gives you an understanding of look, don't take sides. You know, you got to listen to both sides of anything that happens. Uh, a thing that I've lived with my whole life is there's three sides to every argument. Okay, there's his side, her side, and then there's the truth. Okay, so even if it's Christine and not, you know, and Anyways, we'll have to use somebody else. Somebody else's excuse. We don't argue. So maybe Bert and Nancy will pick on them today. So Bert and Nancy. So Bert will come to me and give me an extent what happened, and then Nancy's going to give me an illustration of what happened, probably closer to the truth. And then somewhere closer to Nancy's side is the truth. Okay, let's be. But that doesn't happen because they're purposing to be dishonest. It's just, guess what? You see things from your perspective. And you've received a word in, and you heard it one way when they didn't actually say it that way, but you're like, I heard it this way, okay? So that's what they said. And you're like, no, 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 that's not what they said. Like, you do that all the time with texting. You know, you'll somebody will text you something, and whatever personality, whatever attitude that you have at that moment, that's how you read it. So if you're frustrated, and somebody says, hey, what's for dinner? You're like, I don't know what's for dinner. Why are you asking me? You know, and give me a hard time about dinner. You're like, am I the only one, really? Nobody, nobody else experiences that. All right. Okay. The three of us. Anyways, anyway. So it's all I'm saying. So you understand then when, when that happens that it's, but, but so everybody gives it from their perspective and then somewhere within the middle is, is really the truth of what happened. And so what happens when counseling or when you're listening to your friend or you're listening to people, people aren't purposing to try to be dishonest. Maybe they are, okay? But we're going to hope, we're going to think of things are pure, okay? And so they're trying to tell the truth as best that they understand. But they're just giving it from their personality and their hurts and their, and it's, so it's hard to sit there and to try to find out where, where really are we at. And more importantly, it's not for me to figure it out, it's for them to figure it out. And for them to then come across. And it's a difficult thing too when you're counseling is that, you know, and, and I'm not just talking, you know, church counseling, I'm just talking about your friends and your life and your family and your kids and all that kind of stuff is, is, is listening to that. So why? Because the more that you listen and you're willing to take those things in, well there's, there's a respect that you gain. 
And I'm just talking about you guys just in life in general. There's a respect that you gain because you're not the one that sits there and just jumps out there and, oh, yeah, well, let's go get them. You know, well, let's find out what, why, why are we going to go get them? You know, can we get some more information here first? And then you get the information and then, you know, wisdom comes in and a cool spirit comes within there and an understanding comes in there and all of a sudden we all have a clarity and you're like, you know what? Probably the best thing is not to go do that. The best thing is probably to do this. And everybody's now calmed down and you're like, wow, that's, that's, that's right. We should probably do that. And so again, that's, it's not a point of, as, as God, godly wisdom comes in and says, but the wisdom that is first pure, okay, that is holy. We have to be holy. We have to change our perspective. And then it's peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy. It's good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. You're not taking sides in these things. Why? Because wisdom doesn't take sides. Why? Because now we're going back to worldly understanding. The gossiping and all that kind of stuff, that's worldly understanding, okay? So as we move into verse 18, it says now, it says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So as as we, the, the, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, we become peacemakers, right? So as we continue to move forward, we, we walk the walk within our life, we're, we're walking it. There's there's an understanding. People can see that within us, and they can see what we're doing in life. We're, we are pure. We're, we live in peace with others. We're not harsh. We're willing to yield and to be humble. We're merciful. We give out good fruits. We don't show partiality. And again, listen, when I when I say that too, I'm not saying as a Christian that we come in there and we don't point out sin. Oh, no, we don't. I'm not going to look at your sin. And, and, and no, 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 I didn't say that. Okay, just so you understand that too. I just want to go back to that. As I'm not saying that when you see somebody's sin in their life that you go, no, I don't want to cause a division here and a problem. No, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus still approached it from this, this perspective here. He was still peaceable. The woman at the well, he didn't say, hey, yeah, keep living the way you're living. <laughs> Good luck at that. No, he didn't do that at all. He sat there and he had a conversation. We had a conversation with a woman that his disciples were like, why are you talking to her? Well, I need to talk to her. Why? Because she needed me. She needed Jesus. And she needed Jesus to come into her life with a pure perspective that no other man had in her life. No other man had treated her that way. And when Jesus sat there and he talked to her and he poured into her life and, and then he showed her compassion and he showed her gentleness... To the point where this woman that was so embarrassed that she's in the hot of the day getting the water. She's not with the other women. The other women would show up earlier when it was cooler out. She was there by herself in the, in the heat of the day because she was so embarrassed of who she was. She had no fellowship. That this woman, because of godly wisdom, had transformed her life. That she runs back to the city and just starts proclaiming that the Savior is out there. And she brings people back to Jesus. So again, I'm not saying that we don't look at sin and go, nope, I'm not talking about that. No, we address sin. We do it with a loving and compassionate way. Why? Because I think people truly still want to understand that. She wasn't looking for Jesus that day. She was looking for water. And he gave her a whole bunch of different stuff than that. And that's who we need to be within our lives. We need to be the, the people, the men and women of God that are going to go into reach into this world and not come in from a gossipy not coming from a, a worldly, sensual, demonic side of us, that we're going to come in from peace and purity and love and not creating more drama than has to be there that's already there. So much drama within the world today. Everything is drama. I don't care what side you're on or what news station you watch. Everything is drama. It's like, just turn it off. Nobody stop yelling. Nobody listens anymore. 
Be that person that listens to somebody, listens to the problems that they're having within their life, and just sit there. And if you got to cry with somebody, you cry with them. You know, somebody needs a hug, you hug on them. Somebody needs a swift kick in the butt, swift kick in the butt with them and hug them after. You know, I mean, but we all need that in our life. We need those people within our life, and that's what James is talking to the church here. Is hey, look, check your wisdom of what you're doing here. Because I think I see some strife that's going on. I see some division that's going on within the church here. And that's not acceptable. That's not what Christ is trying to do. Christ wants us to be getting our wisdom from God. And wants it from a different attitude. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.